2: Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live on this Wednesday, March 15th, 2023 from our studios in Woodland Hills, California. Very excited to be here today. We've got two amazing guests who are going to be with us. Julia Ferguson is here with us, uh, going to be here with us in just a few minutes. She's an autism researcher and very interestingly, note the, the letters underneath her name, BCBA and then there is the CPBAAP. I'm going to ask her to tell us what that means, because I had never actually seen that before, and I think it has to do with what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, But then, and we're going to go over new jargon today, the term progressive ABA. This is a term that I kind of had heard once or twice, wasn't really sure what it meant, and uh, thought we could get granularly specific with it here. We're going to do something that I think we've only ever done once before, where we're going to have our expert do Jargon of the Day with me. So that's going to be coming up in about uh, 19 minutes or so with Julia Ferguson. We're really excited to have her join us. She is with the Autism Partnership Foundation, which we talk about a lot here on the show. For those of you who are looking for that RBT training because you're a parent or you want to become an RBT, and we let you know that they have available a free RBT training that you can do at no cost to you. That's the first step along the way to becoming an RBT or if you just want to know sometimes when we talk about uh, you know how to teach certain things there's one thing to know what lesson to teach but then there's quite another thing to know how to teach it and that training will help you to understand more about autism but also help you to know how to teach things uh, in a very proper way but we'll talk about what progressive ABA is with her in just a few minutes And then later in the hour, we're scheduled to be joined by the fantastic Amy Gravino, who uh, is an autism uh, sexuality advocate. And if you're like, ooh, what does that mean? And also a relationship coach, coach, uh, all these things are absolutely, like, don't you go, ooh, I want to know more about that. Amy's going to be with us talking about her upcoming appearance on our podcast-a-thon uh, that she is going to be hosting two separate hours for us during the podcast a as part of our Stories from the Spectrum. So, and in one of those hours, she has got a really amazing guest that she's going to be interviewing, and we're going to have her tell us all about that coming up towards the end of the hour. Before we get to all of that, I want to start by welcoming you and uh, telling you, if you've never been here before, I'm Shannon Penrod. I'm a pony. Uh, I know I don't look like my little pony, but, uh, and I I keep saying I'm gonna get me a ponytail. Uh, I don't think so. I can't grow my hair that long anymore. I go crazy. Uh, But what I mean when I say pony, P-O-N-I, is I am a parent of a neurodiverse individual. That is how I choose to identify myself, and I choose to identify myself that way with the blessing of the individual who's neurodiverse. And those are his words that he likes to use so that's why I use those words, out of respect to him. Um, I know that that is not everybody's words, and I know pe- that makes some people scratch their heads. But you know, that's that's his to talk about. But I am a very proud parent of a neurodiverse individual. My son was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half, at which time he had lost virtually all of his language and was considered nonverbal. And um, he's amazing. He is absolutely amazing. By the way, he was amazing then. I just didn't, I, I was so filled with fear that what was life going to be like for him, um, and I was so desperate for him to be able to learn things that would help him on his path, and, and I was desperate. I'm just going to admit that. I was absolutely desperate. Hello, Rosemary. So thrilled that you're here. By the way, the chat is open, like Rosemary just messaged in. Any of you can do that. We're live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. Our fabulous Traven will start to show you some of those places um, that you can go to. I want to remind you that we are live right now and we love the live interaction. So you can especially interact with us live on, I see that you're interacting with us, Rosemary, on YouTube. You can just write in on YouTube. You don't have to go someplace special, just on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. You just write in and it shows up here. Um, if you aren't on those platforms and are watching us someplace else live, It's possible right in there, and it may show up here. Some of them have that feature, and some of them don't. Many of you, though, watch us later on in podcasts. In fact, the vast majority of you will watch us later on in podcasts, and I know that sometimes you guys write to me and say, I feel left out, I wish I could watch live, but I'm at work, or I'm dropping my child off, or I'm in class when that happens. I got you, I got you, because coming up on April 4th, we are going to do something that I don't think has ever been done before, certainly not in the autism community. We are going to be doing the Autism Network Podcast-a-thon. It is going to start on April 4th at 3 p.m. Pacific time, and it will go live for 44 hours. Now, you ask me why, why 44? Does that number sound familiar to you? It should because that uh, right now the CDC estimates that one in 44 eight-year-olds in the United States is on the autism spectrum. And by the way, that is how the CDC measures things by eight-year-olds. You can argue that, but that's how we have been measuring things for many decades. Now, right now, one in 44 eight-year-olds in the United States is estimated to be on the autism spectrum. That's where we came up with a number that we're going to go live for 44 hours. Now, do we think that the CDC is going to come out with new numbers before we go live. We think that there's a great possibility of that. We've heard rumblings in that direction. Hi, May. Uh, so thrilled that you're here, sending you a wave back. But uh, but we're going to stick with the 44 because we had to make a plan. You know what I'm saying? So, so we have a plan. We have 44 hours planned. Now, we can't do that all by ourselves here at the autism network even though we have a bunch of different shows and we're going to be showcasing our shows but we also feel that the autism community any opportunity we can get we want to come together we're about elevating people's voices and if you watch this show you know we're about information and inspiration and that's for the whole autism community individuals who are on the spectrum of course but also the people who love them so you know, if if we want to walk our talk, we uh, felt that it was really important that we make room for other voices besides those with the Autism Network. So if you go right now to autismnetwork.com and you will see that there are several different places where you can click on that logo right there, that Autism Network podcast-a-thon. It's the the glowy circle, the neon circle. If you click on that, you'll be given a couple of choices, boxes where you can go. The one you really want to go to is, I assume, is the daily calendar. And when you go there, you will see... We're still inputting information from our guests and from ourselves, but you will see at least who's doing every hour. There's still a couple hours that I'm waiting for confirmation um, from the people that we've asked to do it. So they need to get back to me sooner. I'm going to have to give them to somebody else. But uh, it's a crazy lineup, y'all. It is just... I am so excited because... When people say, oh, well, the autism community can't come together. Well, I say, pshaw, because <laughs> the autism community is coming together on these two days. And here's the crazy thing. 44 hours, we don't have enough. We don't have enough time for absolutely everybody that I would like to include. So if if, if you're watching and you're like, why wasn't I asked? It's because I, I've run out of hours. You can still write to me in case somebody doesn't that I've asked doesn't want the the three remaining hours that I'm waiting to hear from them. But uh, just talking about some of the different hours. In the first hour, we're going to do the big kickoff. During that hour, we have Joe Montaigne, uh, Holly Robinson-Pete, and Kobe Bird. Amazing, amazing actors. Uh, two that are parents, one who identifies as being on the spectrum himself, so that's going to be amazing. And Dr. Grand Pichet and I will be here with them during that hour. We're going to set things off. We're going to have some giveaways. You're not going to want to miss it uh, because there's some amazing stuff that we have uh, in our arsenal for you and maybe some surprise guests as well. Um, but that's who's already scheduled and confirmed and going to be here live in the studio. All right, moving on to the second hour and I'm not going to go through all the 44 hours because I'm not going to remember all the 44 hours, but in the second hour, ask Dr. Doreen, answering your questions. By the way, all of this is free to anybody who has the internet. Do I wish that I could get it to people who don't have the internet? Yes, but I'm counting that those of you who have the internet will spread it to people who don't have the internet. That's all I can do, right? But, uh, so Dr. Doreen will answer questions in the second hour. In the third hour, Dr. Doreen's going to do the definitive anxiety talk. Anxiety with autism, She's going to give you some helpful information to help you, whether it's you that's having the anxiety or someone you love that's having the anxiety. Then in the fourth hour, Autism Live will be taking over, and our first guest is Stephen Shore. Dr. Stephen Shore, amazing. He is the person credited with saying when you've met one person with autism, you have met one person with autism, Uh, right? How much do we love him? He is plain spoken, says it like it is, pretty, you know, fabulous Uh, a professor at Adelphi University who's been making a difference for speaking out for individuals on the spectrum for a very long time. And we adore him and we're so thrilled that he's going to be able to join us during that hour. In the fifth hour, we are welcoming Dr. Temple Grandin. It is the day that her new book comes out that's titled Autism in Education as I See It. It is a book that is meant for parents, teachers, and individuals on the spectrum themselves. It's filled with really amazing tips, and, and you know, I mean, Temple has such a clear voice in this community to talk about things that she sees. She's a problem solver. Uh, the first time I ever met her, interviewed her, and it was so exciting, and I thought my mind was going to just, like, you know, explode all over the room. Good morning, Poker King! So thrilled that you're here. Hope you're going to like our guest today. Um, but, After I talked to Temple for, you know, we did the interview and they turned off the cameras and they were packing them up, then then I really got to meet Temple, you know, because everybody's on her best behavior. I'm on my best behavior during the interview. And one of the first things she asked me was, talk to me about, are you married and what's your relationship with your husband like? And do you get out much alone without your son? And I was like, what? She's like, do you have date night ever? And I said, no. (laughs) Like no, that's not a part of our lives. How would that be a part of our lives? I think I told you I have a child, a very young child on the autism spectrum. And and she said, this is what I'm hearing a lot, that, that uh, parents are saying that they don't have any time to themselves, and when they do take time to be with themselves and get somebody to be with their kid that they can trust with their kid, they all they do is talk about the, the child's programs and their progress and, you know, what's next and all their fears and all of that, and she said, all of which is important, but not when this is your time as a couple. And so she was giving me all this advice about things that she had heard people do so that they could go on date night with their significant other. And I, at one point I went, I just must have made a funny face. And Temple, who is very oriented to that, and because and she's a teacher and she notices whether people are listening whether, how they're reacting, you know, she, she's very in tune with that. She said, what's, what's happening right now? I don't understand the face that you're making. And I said, I I guess I'm freaking out because I'm getting marriage advice from Temple Grandin. And she said, oh, I'm a problem solver. This is what I do. I solve problems. I don't have to be a cow to solve the problem, I can just put myself in the position of the cow and see what the cow sees, and I have the ability to visually see it in a way that a lot of other people can't. But if, I, if I'm met with a problem and if I can see it from people's points of views, then I can help to come up with a solution, at which point she talked about the Fukushima nuclear plant and how if she had been asked to design it, that she would have known that it was going to flood and have a meltdown because she said, I can see things from the top and I can see things from the side. I see things like an engineer. But she was seeing my marriage that way too. So I just love this. And I love that Temple has taken that energy and put it to education. So we're gonna have her on the day that her book comes out. She's gonna be answering your questions live, whether they're about education or about anything else under the sun. Now, after that, we have a bunch of takeovers after uh, Temple Grandin. So the first takeover will be Dr. Cary Magro will be hosting our Stories from the Spectrum. Uh, so he will have, if you don't know Carrie Magro, ooh, boy, are you in for a treat with him. Um, he is an international speaker and who speaks out on bullying and uh, really is pro the individual in the school setting being safe and and being who you are, right? So Kerry is an amazing speaker as far as that. Uh, Kerry was, I, I believe, I, I want to say that he was diagnosed at three and has his PhD now in social communications. I mean, come on, folks. This is like the good stuff, right? Um, and then uh, now is what I get a little dicey about the schedule. I can tell you who's there, but I can't tell you which hour they're going to be we have a, in that first night we have a bunch of takeovers one of them is Kelly Birmingham and Jennifer Lucero who are going to be taking over with their podcast a 25 year look across the spectrum amazing because you have a BCBA and a mom and they tell it like it is and and by the way Jennifer is a mom of uh, a brilliant big D brilliant young man who has significant challenges and so she's coming at it from that point of view, which I, I super, super love. And Kelly is just one of those BCBAs who gets it and is about the individual. So they're doing a podcast. We have Ilana Gershlovitz. For those of you who are in different places in the world, her podcast is uh, Autism What Now that she does in South Africa. And so on, she's going to do something that she doesn't normally do on her podcast She's having her husband and she has three sons, two that are on the spectrum, and she's having the one that does not have a diagnosis on with her husband or father to talk about what autism is like from the perspective of a mom, a dad, and a sibling and the challenges that they faced in South Africa and how they not only were able to help their family, but how they're trying to help many other families in South Africa, including they have a charity called uh, the Canaries of Tim the yellow canaries of uh Tembiza, which is a, a a village in africa that has an exceptionally high rate of autism and they are trying to help uh train the the teenagers and the adults in the village so that they can help the children that are in the village um giving them tips and tricks and things like that so she's going to be on doing her podcast then uh, we have Swathi Chattopali, who is, she does the Autism Awareness Radio Show, which is a very big deal in India. Swathi is the mom of Siri, that we, and we've had Swathi and Siri on the show before, and there, she has a documentary uh, that is coming out now called My Name is Siri. If you have not ever, I should have worn jewelry today by Siri, jewelry de, uh, Siri Designs Jewelry, it's amazing. This, what this mom has done, absolutely amazing. I, I live in awe of her. Some of the other, then we've got several hours of Autism Live where I'm going to have amazing guests that we've never had on the show before. It's going to be super fun in the middle of the night. Then in the early morning hours of the, here in the Pacific time, still early morning in uh, the East Coast, Amanda Ralston from Non-Binary Solutions is going to be doing an hour with us. And I think that she's doing that hour on sleep and how to deal with sleep issues. Super love that. She's a BCBA uh, who identifies, uh, I, I believe, as being on the spectrum. I Don't, don't quote me. Uh, I think she identifies as being neurodiverse. I, I beg your pardon. In any case, uh, Mary Barbera is going to be on on that first morning. Dr. Mary Barbera, who's the author of Turn Autism Around, her podcast, uh, Turn Autism Around with Mary Barbera, and she's doing uh, a whole segment on uh, how to build language. Whew, you're going to blow your mind, right? Then, well, we have a bunch of hours. Uh, Dr. Grampiche is going to do, for the first time, uh, hosting her own show, Dr. As- Dr. Doreen, talking with Dr. Doreen, where she's going to interview some of the luminaries from the autism community that have been people that have influenced her. We're really looking forward to that. She's also going to do an hour talking with people who are doing... Autism treatment intervention in Saudi Arabia, which is you know a very interesting thing to me as well. Then, in, as we move into the second day, we've got the Ed Asner Family Center is going to be with us. Taka is going to do a presentation. The Just Two Dads, the Autism Dad Advocate, the Driven Autism Dad, the S.J. Child Show. I mean, then and we're going to have two hours with Amy Gravino uh, that we're having on today. This is like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, an amazing tour de force. I'm forgetting people, uh, because somebody, who is it that's doing, uh, executive functions? Somebody is doing a whole thing on executive. Oh, 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 the autism helper podcast. How could I have forgotten them? Uh, they're doing a whole thing on executive functions. Uh, I think whether you have a very young child or an older child, there's going to be something for you. It's all free. You don't have to register, but you can sign up right now on our Facebook. We have an event there. You can sign up to be a part of the event, so you'll get notice, notices, and as we add guests, because we have more celebrity guests coming in every day, you'll get notifications about that. So all of that is there and available to you. Poof. Okay? Autism Network podcast a and I didn't mention, because we're about to welcome her, we're going to have um, the Autism Partnership Foundation. Justin Leaf is going to be with us and do one whole hour of takeover, which leads very nicely into our first guest, who is Julia Ferguson. I want to tell you she's an MS, BCBA, CPBA, which I, we're going to have her tell us what that is. She is the research and assessment coordinator for the Autism Partnership Foundation and the associate director of the Progressive ABA Analyst Autism Council. And if all of that is Greek to you, you've come to the right place because she's going to help us to understand all of that. Julia received her bachelor's degree in applied behavior analysis and her master's degree in behavior analysis from the University of North Texas. I'm very familiar with that. Julia is currently pursuing her PhD in applied behavior analysis at Endicott College, which we love. I've spoken there. Under the advisement of Dr. Mary Jane Weiss, who I just adore. Julia has over 10 years of experience working with children diagnosed with autism in the home, community, and clinical settings. Her research interests include evaluating social skill interventions, evaluating progressive approaches to behavioral interventions, and comparing different teaching methodologies for individuals diagnosed with autism. Julia has published over 50 peer-reviewed research articles, book chapters, and books, and has presented at national and international conferences. We are so excited to welcome her to the show. Julia, are you there? There you are. We can see Yay. you and hear you now. It's remarkable how technology works. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, are you kidding me? It's so wonderful. And uh, Julia, I just, I'm, I'm going to say this and then everybody can criticize me for it, but I have dresses that, that are I'm sure are older than you. And here you are an expert in all of these things. I'm a little overwhelmed and wowed um, because what's great is you're so young, you're going to be around for a while.
0: Well, I feel the same about you. You have been one of my all-time favorite presentations from the Autism Conference back in Miami. It was lovely seeing you again this year on the parent panel, and I'm so excited to have you at our conference in just next month on the parent panel as well. So, and I'm so impressed by everything you listed earlier. My goodness, you are busy.
2: Yeah, well, we are busy, but we're so <laughs> glad to be doing things with you, and I I, I said this to Justin Leaf. I feel a little ridiculous being on your poster for this conference because first of all, it's John Lithgow, how much do I love him? But then you have autism expert after autism expert after autism, I, and I feel like one of these things doesn't belong, and it's me. But I'm okay, I'm coming, I want to play in the sandbox, right? Um, I but completely it's an disagree. Day.
0: But...
2: <laughs> it's an incredible day, you guys have an incredible lineup, we're going to go over that in just a second. But Julia, right now, I want to invite you to do Jargon of the Day with me. Sounds great.
0: <laughs> okay. And you're also welcome to make fun of it, fun of the definition. Don't hold back.
2: Oh, all right. Um, there's not that much to make fun of. Uh, <laughs> there really isn't. It's just, and the only reason why I make fun of it is when the terms are so not accessible for those of us who don't already have the degree in it. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, but yours, yours isn't that bad. So. First, for people who don't know, when we do jargon of the day, first we give you the actual definition. Sometimes I make fun of it. Then we give you a working definition, and usually we give you like a real-life example. So uh, right now, let's go. So our term today is progressive ABA. Uh, And and I've heard this bandied about a little bit, especially Mm -hmm. I was just at the ABAI Autism Conference, and I heard people talking about this. Um, didn't really know what it was. So let's take a look, first of all, Traven, at our actual, there it is, progressive ABA, because you guys are going to be seeing more of this. Let's take a look at what our actual definition is. Would you like to read that for us, Julia? Sure, I would love to. Okay. So... Progressive ABA is a progressive
0: approach to applied behavior analysis. And it's one that is characterized by structured flexibility in that the behavior analyst has a systematic plan, but also has the flexibility to alter their plan based on in the moment assessment of the context and the learner with whom they're working. And as a result, the main source of stimulus control for the behavior analyst's behavior is the learner's behavior and the context as opposed to a
2: protocol. Okay. Now, you know it's a little wordy. I, I'm, I'm not going to make too much fun here. It's a little wordy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I think we can say this in a more concise way. But it's not horrible. It's not filled. I applaud you in that it's not filled with a whole bunch of jargon that I don't know what it is. So I'll this take is, it. That's good. This is, good. A, this is a, a pretty good definition. But let's move on now to our first working definition. Uh, And let's put that up on the screen, Trayvon, and and, and I'm going to have you read this, Julia. Okay. So a little easier
0: working definition, less kind of long, (laughs) is an approach that is focused on being responsive to the child's behavior and the environment so that the interventionist has the flexibility to make changes on a moment-by-moment basis.
2: Which is a pretty good definition. And, uh, you know, I, I like that. But I love that one of the things that I said to you was, you know, we we try to put it on a level where if mom and dad don't even know what ABA is like, you know, forget saying progressive ABA. Mm -hmm. I don't know what ABA is. And so you gave us a third definition. Do we have that one, Trayvon? Can you put that up for us? The third one? Uh, and Julia, I know you've got it there. Why don't you go ahead and read? I do.
0: Yeah. So ultimately, it's just a way of teaching that is responsive to the learner and is constantly changing. So the way you're teaching is constantly changing based on how the learner is progressing, what they're learning, in order to make it, to ensure that they're making the most progress possible. Okay.
2: And and so help me because part of what I read into this is that this is individual specific. Mm -hmm. that that there's no way that you can do a cookie cutter and say that you're doing progressive ABA.
0: That's absolutely correct. So I think uh, for an example, I think, Commonly in the field of applied behavior analysis, we're moving, or what I see often is that a lot of times interventionists, um, RBT level interventionists, are given just a protocol, and sometimes that protocol doesn't deviate from child to child, and it's kind of the same way you would implement the program across everybody. And I would say that's the opposite of progressive ABA, in which yes, there's a guideline, there's a plan, um, you might have some idea of what you're going to teach and how you're going to teach it, but Every decision you make is responding based on what the learner is doing in the moment and all sorts of environmental variables as well. So the prompting method you're going to use, the stimuli you're going to use, the way you're going to teach is all going to change based on that learner in the moment.
2: Yeah. It, I love this. I absolutely mm-hmm. love this because I think that this is an incredible benchmark to – because we talk all the time here about quality ABA. Yes, that it's something that's really important to me because I believe that my child had quality ABA and and he had it at the right intensity, and mm-hmm. I find that I you know I I try to preach here and say you know that it's important that you get good quality ABA, but that it's also important that you get it in the right intensity, and yes. and over the years we've been doing this for 12 years, and over the years people have written in. Whether they be the actual individual themselves that received ABA that wasn't quality ABA that wasn't progressive ABA, um, and and they'll say ABA is bad, you know, and and they have horror stories. Yeah. And and I'm and I'm constantly wanting to say to those people, I I hear what you're saying, and I'm very sorry that that happened to you, but I'm trying to be on the side of making sure that that doesn't happen to somebody else. But let's not throw the whole baby out with the bath water. Let's, you know, the the principles of ABA are are really good when applied in the right way. And and I feel like this is an important litmus test that if you are not doing this, then um then you aren't doing quality ABA. Yeah,
0: I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And I think we use the term quality ABA a lot. Um good teaching ultimately, that would probably be the easiest definition. It's just ultimately good teaching. And This isn't anything new, and I think what your son received, your child received, it was probably progressive ABA in the way we would talk about it, but over time, we have seen a shift kind of away from interventionists using their clinical judgment, using their um, analysis skills to change the intervention and individualize it to each learner. And we've kind of seen that shift over time. And I think it's time for the field to move back in a way, move back to really individualizing each learner um, having really highly skilled and well-trained interventionists, instead of just 40 hours um, before they start working with a child, I think it's time to kind of go back in a way and also keep progressing as our science, you know, evolves, but really go back to good teaching, quality teaching, and being responsive to the
2: learner. And I say amen to that, and I am so grateful to the Autism Partnership Foundation because you not only have said, identified this issue, and said, you know, here is this thing that you should be doing. And if you're not, you know, we're, we're not aligned with this. But you also, Autism Partnership Foundation has made the training available and free. Nobody else yeah. has done that. No one Yeah, else we have
0: a free 40-hour RBT training in which we go above the task list, we say. So it is actually probably a little longer than 40 hours as well. Um, but we cover content above the task list. But we'll say throughout and that this 40 hours of didactic training is not enough for you to know everything you need to know to work with a child, a child diagnosed with autism. Um, You're not going to be a good teacher when you're done with this training, but it is Mm -hmm. offered for free so people can receive their RBT certification. We also have a 10-hour or 8-hour supervision training for once people receive their BCBA and need to get their supervision CEUs. We have that one for free on our website as well, so we do offer quite a bit of free trainings.
2: And uh, this leads me to, as I was saying your name and saying all the letters after your name, you have MS, BCBA, mm-hmm. and then you have CPBA-AP. So yes. I'm going to guess what that is, but I don't want to guess. I want you to tell us <laughs> what that means and how you got that. Sure. So
0: that last one is the Certified Progressive Behavior Analyst Autism Professional. And that is a new certification that was created by the Progressive Behavior Autism Progressive Behavior Analysis Autism Council. And um, that is the first one they created and it's specific to Progressive ABA and it's specific to working with individuals with autism. Um, right now, currently in the field, BCBA is the most common acronym you'll see, and that certification is not specific to working with children or individuals with a diagnosis of autism, and we know that that's a large part of behavior analysis, but you actually need to know nothing or have uh, no background in autism to receive a BCBA. With this certification, it is specific to progressive ABA and covers content related to a diagnosis of autism, so you need that background background as well. And it's also specific to professionals in the field that are looking to disseminate progressive behavior analysis and are educators and have quite a bit of experience as well. So you need at least 10,000 hours of experience to even sit to become a CPBAAP. Um, but that's just the first certification. We are in the process of creating two more, which is the autism supervisor and the autism interventionist. And what makes those really unique is that not only do you need to pass a written test or multiple choice test, an exam, but you also will have to do a performance-based component. So you will need to show that you can actually supervise individuals and you can train them. And if, you, if you're at the interventionist level, you will need to also demonstrate that you can implement a progressive approach to ABA. So excited about those two components of our certifications.
2: And where would people need to go to find out more and potentially sign up, um, to get these certifications?
0: Yeah. The website is progressivebehavioranalyst.org or pbaac.org. And you can also go to the Autism Partnership Foundation website. Either one will kind of send you that way as well.
2: Okay. Because it's so hard to explain to people when they're new to ABA that, um, you know, you got to have a BCBA. Your insurance isn't mm-hmm. going to pay for any yep. treatment that's done if it's not being su- uh, supervised by a BCBA, but all BCBAs are not equal and even. <laughs> Excuse me. And it used to be that you could go and you could look them up on, pardon me, uh, on the BACB uh, website, right? And just to see, to make sure that they were certified. But then we saw when insurance came online, we saw that a lot of people who were BCBAs in other fields, nothing wrong with them being BCBAs in other fields, right? But then they switched and came over to be BCBAs in autism without any experience working with an individual with autism. And, And one of the things that we were telling people is it is acceptable to ask your BCBA, what is your experience with autism? What is your experience working with children like my child who is experiencing PICA, or my child who has sleep issues or whatever. It's okay to ask that. It's it's sort of like uh, when you're taking, if you're taking your Maserati into, you know, you're going to ask the mechanic, do you have experience working with, we would do that with our car. Wouldn't we certainly do that with yeah. our child? Do you have experience working with this? Um, so I I always love it when there's a shortcut. And when you, when you see somebody has those initials after their name, then you have an understanding that not only are they a BCBA, but they have taken the time to be certified in child-specific, individualized ABA, and that they know about, not just about ABA, but about how ABA is used for autism. Am I on the right track here?
0: That's absolutely correct, and then just to even go a little bit above that, often in the field in receiving your BCBA, it's just that exam, so all you have to know is really knowledge to get your certification, which is great. So we still have that exam, that knowledge piece, but not only can I you know, have that knowledge base, but I can also implement, I can do. So when you see these letters behind somebody's name, you'll know that not only can they pass a test of the knowledge of, you know, applied behavior analysis and autism and progressive ABA, but they can also do, which I think is just critical. You want a really great supervisor for your child. You want an interventionist that um, is highly skilled as well. And you'll have that kind of metric
2: if you see these letters. This is so important, you guys, Um, saying hi to Michelle. This is so, so important because before the, I, my son had therapy before there was insurance and we, we used to have a clinic every two weeks where we would sit down in a room. My husband and I both had to be there. It was required. He had to make sure that he had off from work. I had to make sure I was off from work, a two hour clinic every, every two weeks. And we would sit in a room face to face with our supervisor and with all of the therapists who were on my son's team. And they would go through each one of his programs, and the supervisor would say, okay, now let's work this program, and then she would make little tweaks and changes, and she would show us and the other behavior technicians, uh, you know, what she was doing, and we all learned from her. And I keep hearing, now with insurance, there's no such thing as a clinic anymore. And I keep hearing about, you know, say, I say to people, say, well, ask your, your they are like, they told us to do this, we don't know how to do it go back, talk to your BCBA and have them demonstrate it to you. And they'll say, no, 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 our, our BCBA doesn't do that. And I go, what has happened to this field? So I'm glad that you guys are on it and saying this isn't right. Because I could talk about it till the cows come home, but you guys are doing something about it. So amazing. Thank because you. We, if we're going to do intervention, we want it to be good, inter- effective, child-specific, Absolutely. individual-specific.
0: Come on. 100%. Otherwise, I mean, it, it can end up being a waste of time. Otherwise, Absolutely. if it's not quality and if they're not making, a child's not making progress and actually learning very quickly in a, you know, in a fun and exciting and compassionate way and, you know, making that accelerated, accelerated progress, then you're you're just wasting time,
2: in yeah. my opinion. Absolutely. And I want to say it's up to us, too, as parents to be watchdogs for, for what's happening I, you know, I did, I had really good quality ABA, but every once in a while somebody would come in who was going to phone it in, which is what I think you're doing. If you're not doing progressive ABA, by the way, but I remember there was a, I always tell this story. There was a very specific lesson that they were teaching my son. They asked us, you know, we're going to teach him boy and girl, and then we're going to move on to adult. Do you want us to do woman or lady and man? And I said, I would like for you to do lady first and then woman. You know, this is how interactive my ABA was. So they mm-hmm. came in. They taught boy and girl. He mastered it like in one session. Of course, it was more than one session for him to master it. But anyway, there was a, he had gotten it, and they had decided to move on to the lady and man. But a therapist came in who didn't – this is back in the day when we had a book, not an iPad. Uh, didn't really read the notes from the last therapist because they're phoning it in, Right. And he sat down to do a lesson with my son, and I always had a baby monitor in the other w- room and heard everything and saw everything. And, and he said, you know, went through a couple of lessons, and then he said, is dad a boy or a girl? And my son said, dad is a man. And the behavior technician said, nope, try again. Oh, no. And I yelled, that's when somebody is not following, you're, you're following a piece of paper and not yep. what's happening. And I yep. yelled from the other room and I said, no, dad's a man. Don't tell him he's wrong when he's right. Don't you do that. <laughs> and, and I got a, in a little a bit of trouble example. for interrupting Back the That's a the
0: jargon of the day, that's like an excellent example of not progressive ABA. And then progressive ABA would be using your judgment to accept that answer in the moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, but I'm saying, you know, parents have to be, be watchful and mindful and I, yes, because they have to be, sometimes your kid jumps three lessons ahead. Go with them. Go with them. Yes. Okay. So you guys have this amazing conference coming up on the 21st. I think we have a poster to show and put on the screen. I was talking about John Lithgow before, but I need you to talk yeah. about, there's some amazing experts that are going to be there. And I'm on the parent panel. And, yes. and I'm wowed about being on the parent panel. It's a
0: wonderful parent panel. The keynote, like you said, is John Lithgow. We have a business panel with Van Jones from CNN as the moderator and the CEO of Uber and CEO of Carbon Health on that panel. We have an autistic perspectives panel, which we're very excited about. We have a concerns panel um, who you were also just talking about him. I heard you while we were backstage, but Stephen Shore is on that panel as well. And then we have some really big, Um, huge names in the field of behavior analysis that are also presenting. That's Pat Fryman. We have Bill Heward. We have our own Dr. Justin Leaf as well. And so we're really excited about our conference, which is Friday, April 21st. And we both have in-person and live stream options. So if you're not local to the Long Beach or LA area, we have live stream options and everybody can attend. So we're really
2: excited. Really amazing. And if you have loved everything that Julia has talked about, which I do, and you're like, oh, I want more, I want you guys to head over to autismpartnershipfoundation.org, correct? Yes. Um, and, And check out the things. But know that Justin Leaf, who you just mentioned, is going to be hosting a takeover hour during our podcast a thon, and he'll be talking about this and more of this stuff. The first time that I saw Justin Leaf speak, I went, okay, I want to be where this guy is because he gets it. He sees the things that I see and he's dealing with them. And, and I, I went up to him you know, after he walked off the stage and I was like, you and I, we need to be partners. We need in crime, you know, not, not partners, but you know, partners in crime. I, I want to do what you're doing. I want, I want you on my show. And, and um, every time I hear him speak, I go, oh yeah, that, point to that, you guys, he's got it right. So love, love, love that he's going to be a part of our podcast-a-thon, and love that he is amassing this group of professionals like you, Julia, who are getting it right. And not only that, disseminating it, because even though you're young and you're going to live a long time and you're going to help a lot of people, the people that you disseminate it to are going to help that many more people. So it's brilliant. I love what you guys are doing. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we, we thank you for being with us, and we look forward to having Justin on in just, just under three weeks for the podcast-a-thon. Three thank weeks you so yesterday. much for having me. It's been lovely to be here. I'm glad that it all worked out and that we got your sound. You have <laughs> a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful week. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, you guys, I hated to rush her off, but we have this other guest who's joining us uh, right now, uh we we still have julia but we're going to bring amy gravino in amy gravino who is uh an amazing young woman and of course i do not have her bio directly in front of me but i consider amy to be a friend and she is a an autism sexuality expert is that the? I, i don't even have that in front of me um I mistake, I, Amy's going to have to tell me because I referred to her the other day as a sex sexpert, and that might be wrong. But she's also a relationship coach, and she's an international speaker. She's one of the funniest people on the planet when she speaks because she tells it like it is. Says uh, what, autism sexuality advocate. That is, those are the words that I need to have emblazoned upon my, upon my brain. <laughs> uh so that's what it is let me not get it wrong uh but she's a remarkable young woman in her own right and just a brilliant speaker if you're looking for a speaker boy uh amy gravino gets it exactly right do we have her can we welcome her in let's bring her on in so she can talk to us she's going to be hosting two of the different
1: hours of stories from the spectrum for us there she is amy you look beautiful Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much. And just a brief mention, I'm also on that Progressive Behavior Analysis Autism Council. Uh, and you know what? Junia. Thank
2: you for pr- bringing that up because I saw a post that you did last week where, you know, like me, I go, oh, what am I doing here? Um, but, and you did kind of a post about that where you were like, I'm not really sure why I'm here, but it was a great post, Amy, about oh, why you, you should be there, why your voice matters, why you should be there. Um, People, where would people read that post? Where do they need to go to follow you?
1: Well, that's so that's on my private Facebook, which I generally try to keep to to close friends and family. Okay. Um, but I I could probably make it public somewhere. I have a Facebook fan page that I never update because I don't know what to do with it. But I, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, I sent you all those links. Yes, got uh, I'll put it. You know what? I'll, I'll put it on my LinkedIn. People can probably check it out. On my, that's probably the best place. Okay. Um, so well, I really appreciate you being with us today, because I know you had another
2: appointment that you were rushing to get here from that, but you look great, and your background is amazing. <laughs> and we wanted you to come, come on. on and and talk briefly about, because you're going to be hosting two hours for us during the podcast-a-thon. And tell us yes. a little bit about, because uh, you had talked to me about, you got a, a little bit of a different focus for each one of those hours. What are you going to be talking about, Amy?
1: Yes. So I'm still sort of forming what exactly the first hour is going to uh, consist of. I'm I'm leaning toward, you know, sharing a little bit of my story, what led me to where I am now with the work that I'm doing, with being a relationship coach in the Rucker Center for Adult Autism Services in New Jersey. Um, and just talking about, I don't know, some, some, maybe some ideas I have, like, for the future of, of uh, you know, maybe the, the field of ABA even. I could certainly talk about that. That's something I have a lot to say about um, and, and, and how it can better address sexuality, which is the area of my particular interest and passion. And that I might, you know, do towards the end because that will then lead us in and set us up to the second day, the second hour, which is going to be, I'm very happy to say confirmed an interview with Dr. Peter Gerhardt, who is a dear friend of mine and, and a wonderful human being. Um, and we're going to talk about all things, autism and sexuality, uh if you know either Peter or myself you know we have no filter that we're aware of so it's going to be a very candid discussion um and we're just going to you know i think just talk about why this is a, such a neglected area in in the field why it needs to be addressed what what are some of the obstacles that people on the spectrum can face in trying to embrace their sexuality and engage in relationships and again you know ending on that hopeful future note of what do we hope the future holds to improve the situation for individuals on the spectrum so That roughly is what I am hoping to talk about uh, in April. I'm so excited
2: about it, Amy, uh, about both hours that you're going to be hosting and about the conversation. Every time that I have heard you speak, it's like, it's almost like flashbulbs. You know, people talk about, oh, somebody said something and a light bulb went off. For me, when you speak, it's like flash, it's like uh, the, you know, paparazzi because so many light bulbs (laughs) go off in my brain. You said something that I keep quoting at the, the la- when I, I was at the ABAI uh, autism conference and you were on a panel and you said something that I keep quoting because the question that was asked you was, we want to know, we all want to know in this audience, how can we be better allies to individuals on the spectrum? Do you remember
1: how you replied? I did. I said that uh, individuals on the spectrum, uh, we don't need allies. We need accomplices. Um, and, And what I essentially meant by that is, you know, an ally is someone who waves the flag. Hey, I support you. But an accomplice is someone who wakes up in the jail cell next to you and says, boy, what a night that was. And so that's what we as people on the spectrum need is accomplices, people who are willing to take action, to not just use words. I mean, words are very important. Words obviously can change minds and hearts. But action is the next step, and it's about you know helping people on the spectrum fulfill our potentials, helping us achieve our goals by you know actively facilitating uh, you know the, the, whatever is needed to to achieve those goals. So that's what I mean by by accomplices and, and being willing to best as well.
2: I've been quoting that been because quoted. I have always said you know I want to be a good ally, and now I'm like okay, how do I be an accomplice? I want to dig in and be an accomplice. I want to be Amy's accomplice. Um, I want to be my son's accomplice, right? Um, So I love that. I love uh, your perspective that you bring, And you're always so funny, Amy. You had that whole room in tears. You had them laughing so hard. Uh, I just enjoy your fresh point of view. And I'm so glad that you don't bring a filter. It's so refreshing. (laughs) Uh, But just for today, just to give everybody just a little amuse-bouche, I am fascinated in the wrong way by the fact that parents often assume my child is on the autism spectrum. That means that they're never going to date, which Mm -hmm. means that they they are not a sexual being. And I don't understand uh, where that thinking comes from and that there's this hump that we have to overcome with people Mm -hmm. because that's completely wrong correct
1: it, it is very wrong yes i know obviously there are some people on the spectrum who are not interested in in dating or in having sex and that is absolutely valid and fine again i have sometimes seen the kind of, kind of the converse which is what you you don't want to have sex you don't want to date what's wrong with you we can't win either we want to date and parents freak out or we don't want to date and parents freak out there's kind of no winning there but but largely it is it is what you had said which is you know that people on the spectrum are kind of infantilized and uh, seen as, uh, you know, children in big bodies. That's how autistic adults are often viewed, and are, therefore are seen as being, you know, far more innocent and not interested, um, you know, in sexuality and relationships. But our bodies don't care that we have autism. We are going to go through puberty just like everyone else, and we're going to have those desires and those needs and those emotions, and we need the tools to navigate them successfully, or we're going to run into a lot of trouble.
2: Yeah. Well, and even if somebody—I I mean, I know a lot of people who, you know, people who aren't on the spectrum who've been through dating and go, "I'm that's it. I'm done with dating. I don't want to date anymore. I'm not interested in the dating thing. I'm not even interested in a relationship. Maybe for right sure. now, we would never assume that that person is not a sexual being, that they didn't have sexual really? thoughts and feelings, even if they said, "I'm. I don't want to date. Dating is scary. I don't want to be in a relationship." So. Right. I guess that's where I, I, I don't, I, you know, and, and I see parents who say, oh, no, 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 they're not interested in that. And and that always worries me
1: for them that, yeah. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's hard for parents to see their children as sexual beings, period, regardless of, of disability or not. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's a, a function of being a parent. But when you add autism into the equation, I think it makes it even more difficult. And parents are also very afraid. There's a lot of fear, I think, that parents have in this area. And that fear is legitimate. It's certainly real, and I will never dismiss the fear that parents have. But what I'd like to say is that your fear is not our responsibility. It's not a fair thing to make your fear as a parent the responsibility of people on the spectrum when we are just trying to exist and survive and thrive in a world that's not built for people like us. So Fear can't be the thing that runs your, your your ideas in this area. There's a lot. There's lots of other factors. Obviously, people from different religious backgrounds, you know, upbringings. There's so many taboos that exist around sexuality, just culturally, for a lot of people. But by and large, you know, when we are thinking about autism and sexuality, it's that reluctance on the part of parents to see their child, you know, as anything other than their child. And that is. And I've been happy that when I've given presentations, I've had parents come up to me and say that hearing from me made them able to see their child in a different light for the first time. So that means a great deal to me.
2: Yeah, well, it means a great deal to all of us. You're doing an amazing service to the world. Uh, I was gonna say to the, the community that loves individuals on the spectrum, but it's also you know, a service to the people who are on the spectrum. So I'm super excited, Amy, that you're gonna do these two hours for us. They're pretty early morning hours. I want to encourage everybody to go. The calendar is up. Uh, we're still inputting more and more information um, into the calendar. Uh, you know, you'll see that if you go to autismnetwork.com, click on the podcast, either click on the, the picture of the neon circle, or click on the podcastathon in the the, in the three dots, the three dashes, if you're on your phone, or the box if you're on your website. Then click on the calendar. When you go to the calendar, you can see the whole thing. You can just scroll through the whole thing. But if you want to know more about any of the different hours we are populating, eventually there will be more info. There is some on some of them. Click more info and you'll find more. And we'll, we'll, in Amy's hours, I'm going to do it this afternoon, we'll put in all of her links that she sent to me yesterday so that you can find her, um, and then we'll put in information about, uh, you're totally confirmed. I can put the information about Dr. Gerhardt.
1: Yes. He, I just confirmed with him today. Yes. Wonderful. He's putting it in his calendar. Okay.
2: So. so I will put it on our calendar as well. It's a big deal. We've never had him on the show before and always wanted to.
1: So thank he, you for that. He loves me. So he just does what I tell him to do. Well,
2: that's pretty amazing. <laughs> we love you too. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll you. do what you tell me to do too, Amy.
1: Uh, Joannie
2: has written in and said, I want the same thing for my 10 year old son with ASD that I want for my neurotypical children to be happy and healthy, to be loved and supported, to be good citizens. A- ASD shouldn't change that. Thank you, Joannie. Absolutely. And she does say, I do think he may need more support. So I need to know how to do that. Yes and, yes. and I appreciate you. I hope, Joannie, that you get a little bit of that every day and that every hour of the podcastathon that you will, but especially on on these kinds of matters, I'm so glad that Amy Amy's gonna be driving the bus for us. <laughs> which is wonderful. All right, we are we are officially out of time, but thank you so much for coming and being with us today, Amy, and we are so looking forward to your takeovers during the podcast of mine. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Shen. Thanks for having
1: me on. You take care. Okay, you too.
2: Bye bye. Uh, so you guys, tomorrow is Stories from the Spectrum. And then, uh, I think we're doing a rerun on Friday because we've postponed Let's Talk All the Things Till Next Week, uh, with Rachel, and, um, which is always a fun thing, man. I enjoy it when she comes in and we get to do that show. But then we're going to be back on Monday with a really fun Parent to Parent, and we've got some great News and things coming up more about the podcastathon, but we're going to be covering some ground between now and then. So I hope that you guys will tune in, check out. I also want to say that we have sponsorship opportunities for the podcastathon. If anybody knows anybody who would like to have their product featured um, or their business featured, there are boxes for that on the podcastathon as well. We appreciate you guys for being here. I want to say thank you to Julie, Julia Ferguson, and to Amy Gravino. And uh, hope that you guys got something out of today. We will be back live on Monday. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye.
1: This Valentine's Day,
0: Duncan's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a Cocoa Mocha Signature Latte or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.